Syracuse won an exhibition game that I guarantee you, the listener, the watcher, overreacted to by halftime. This is Locked On Syracuse. Starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Wednesday episode of Lockdown Syracuse. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free. We are available wherever you get podcasts. And I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, Syracuse just beat IUP, not IUPY, IUP in an exhibition game, 86-68, that they were losing at halftime thanks to a half-court shot. Uh, We want to give you our thoughts on it because it is the first taste of basketball season that we got, and I was excited to see the guys back out on the floor. Um, I was excited to see Beheim back on his taped chair that says Coach Beheim that I once got to sit in. It was exciting, uh, sitting in the chair and the game. Do you have any preliminary thoughts, Owen? Uh, Yeah, I'll give up. My my first thought was, and when you play these exhibition games, I feel like you always, and maybe that's a nod to Syracuse, but you always get a slower start in game one, right? It takes you a little bit. But it just kept lingering and lingering and lingering. And you just kept asking, you know, when is this going to happen? When is it going to happen? When are they going to figure it out? And all of a sudden they're down seven points midway through the second half or a little bit more uh, and or a little bit less than midway through the second half, but they were on seven. You're like, Oh, wait, this is, this is getting real for a second. And yes, they snap out of it at the end. The last 10, 10 plus minutes of this game looked like what you wanted this entire game to look like, but it lingered a lot longer than I thought it would. And I think you nailed it with our with our little tease there to open it up. Uh, if you didn't overreact at some point in this game, I don't think you can claim you're a Syracuse basketball fan. <laughs> if there was no overreaction at any point watching this exhibition, you cannot coin yourself a Syracuse basketball fan. We're going to overreact, I'm sure, to some things right now. Small sample size. We still haven't seen a ton. Uh, but for right now, we're going to try and I think we're in agreement with this. Pump the brakes a little bit not go completely haywire. We're not going to go in here and say everything is fine and dandy, but I do think we're going to try and pump the brakes and look at this a little bit more, uh, I guess, in a more positive light than you might think uh, for part of this, at least, while still recognizing the the chaos and ongoing, like, oh my God, holy crap, this is happening. They're losing. They're still losing. They're still losing. Okay, we can exhale. Uh, it, was, it was a whirlwind in this game to start things off for Syracuse. Yeah, man. Uh, the first half was brutal. And everybody, like you said, and like I said, probably overreacted to it. And, and there were people on Twitter saying, ah, oh, they stink, season's over, which is like also, this it's basketball season now. If people are already saying the season's over, I'm in it. I'm excited. I'm here. I love hearing people say the season's over. That means that the season is right around the corner. Um, 
yeah, there were bad, bad shots. There were good shots. Quidir Copeland, who I tweeted from our account that I was so excited to watch play. Uh, he played well. He played poorly. He he was kind of what I expected him to be, which was a guy that's going to out hustle. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, all the freshmen are. Yeah. Um, but he out hustled everybody on the floor, diving for loose balls and whatnot. He made some really, really nice passes. He might have the ugliest jump shot I've ever seen in my life. It's like very slow. And then it's just a line drive at the basket. Uh, well, so I, I figure that out. I think him and Munir could have quite the contest for the ugliest <laughs> shot I've ever seen. Yeah, that's fair. And your dog agrees. Um, but they always Quidier, do. <laughs> Quidier, uh, I, I thought he looked pretty good aside from that ugly shot. Um, the real story was Chris Bell, formerly known as Chris Bunch. Um, he was bad. One for nine from the floor, one for six from three. I can't say I'm like incredibly worried about him because we know he's such a good shooter. I think for a lot of these guys, it's going to be a confidence thing. And I think that it being a predominantly freshman team at this point, it'll help with confidence knowing that the guy right next to you is in the exact same spot you are and that you're both figuring it out as you go along. And you have guys like Jesse Edwards uh, and Joe Girard to bring you along the way. Um, we heard preseason when we talked about it during that episode where we reacted to John Rothstein's tweets uh, that this is a really, really good team, but it's going to have to work through a lot of things just because it's so young. So if you didn't expect that going into this game, that's probably why you thought the season was over. But um, they're going to have to figure it out. I mean, there were people before saying that they're not going to be able to score 60 points a game. I don't think that's true. They're just going to have to build up to a point where they can run solid offense. The other thing we're seeing on, and I want your take on this, and I want the listener and the viewers' takes on this. So throw this in the Twitter replies. Throw your opinion on this into the YouTube comment section. Maybe email us if you want. LOSyracuse44 Gmail. Um, but we're going to see a lot more man this year. A ton more man. They played it today. And at the end of last season, we heard Bayheim talk about that in the post-game press conference. I believe after Duke, or maybe it was FSU, where he said next year. I think it was after Duke, probably. He said next year, you know, we're going to take it more um, – opponent by opponent and see who's going to play better against the two, three zone, who will play better against man. And we'll pick the other one. Um, how do you feel about that? I'm open to it. I really am. And I think it's something that I don't necessarily have completed thoughts on just yet, because I'm, I'm not sure what a Syracuse basketball team playing man in certain situations and playing zone in other situations looks like. And that's something that we're going to have to get used to at this point. I'm very open to it, and I think it's it's a good sign from Bayheim that if he is going to stay and continue to ride out however much longer he is going to ride out as the head coach of Syracuse basketball, it's a good sign that he is open to the adaptations that have been you know, being suggested in some of the bigger critiques and trying something when he believes that the personnel fits. I am excited to see how it works because I think it can help. Uh, he did bring up some good points, and it's it goes back to the zone as a history uh, in terms of what he was saying, I believe on whether it was ACC Media Day or in some of that early season press, he was talking about, you know, when you're playing zone defense and my dogs are going absolutely nuts downstairs. And I do apologize, <laughs> but they're they're fired up, I guess. They're Syracuse. They like the win. Uh, they like the win. At some point, someone's going to walk in the door, I assume, and that's going to let them calm down. But for now, they're going to have a little bit of bark. Uh, but he talked about that when you play zone, 
you only get so many looks, right? There's only two or three ways that people really attack the zone. So you have a lot less to learn as opposed to man. There are so many more different offenses that you can run in attacking man. So I do think that it is going to be situational and it should be situational, but I'm excited to see that you have this personnel that seems like it's a lot more quick or a lot more athletic, especially, and it's not saying much compared to last season, a lot more mobile, a lot more defensive ability that you do have the capabilities to try and play some man. You were atrocious defensively last year. So this is a big step, I think, for Syracuse and Bayheim to give this a go and, and see how it works because it is it is so against what we're used to. And we're used to, you know, stubborn Jim and wanting to do it exactly the way he wants to. But this does seem like a step in the right direction if it works out to to making those bigger changes and making the the adaptations that can lead to a little bit more success. And it's something that I'm really excited to see how it pans out this year, good or bad. I think the only thing I'm a little bit worried about is you have such a young team and including a transfer in Munir Hima that we know guys like that who are either new or young or transfers um, have a hard time learning the zone. That was the entire story with Cole Swider and Benny Williams last year. It seemed like they never figured it out. Even in the UNC game, it seemed like Cole Swider and Benny Williams were having trouble um, despite Cole putting on an offensive performance of his life. Um, I think I'm a little bit worried, uh, and you kind of talked about this, with man being a defense where offenses can attack you every which way. They're going to have to learn a lot of things on the fly, and it's going to be, okay, learn the zone. Like, Beheim's going to want to employ – he's only going to employ the zone. I guess that's maybe not true, but he's going to want to throw it out there thinking it's it's going to be the, the play the best it possibly can be. And that's going to be almost impossible when you're running these guys through two different defenses all season long. So I guess that's the only thing I'm a little bit worried about. But before we continue, i got to take a quick break, on. so hold I'm on to cut that. you first. I'm going to cut you hold first. Oh, fine. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk LinkedIn, man. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's very easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Once you do that, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollars. It's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollars to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Owen, go ahead. I was just going to say, same interview same conversation i believe per Be- or per Beheim, it takes two weeks to learn the zone that was his comment really takes two weeks to, i don't says believe it takes that. two weeks to learn the zone and then he it is your Derek coleman of, he took a room he pointed at a room full of media and said for you guys probably three yeah so it is a quick learn apparently um i don't know how quick of a learn it is but it is something that you do want right and this is one of my things is you don't want to play man at the expense of the zone success, right? When all is said and done, for the most part, the zone is successful and it works. Are there situations where you want to play man? hundred um, percent. But I do not want to see 
uh, and this is a concern of mine, especially early on, I don't want to see the zone take a hit in terms of success and being able to shut a team down or being able to effectively be played at the expense of being able to also play less than stellar man, right? If you have the zone down, I'm fine with opening things up to man, but I do not want this to be at the expense of man, uh, at the expense of the zone, which is one of my concerns. But for right now, especially in the exhibitions, looking to see how it goes, looking to see how they mix them in and out uh, and seeing how, you know, this new situational approach will end up working. Uh, I think we're on the same page and where we're headed right here when we talk pregame. So I'm going to lead us in because this was sort of my natural progression. We talked about how this game just sort of lingered and Indiana IUP just stayed there and stayed and just kept being up, right? You get a little bit of momentum going in the half. You take the lead half court shot. No, no, they keep expanding. They get a little bit of moment. You were just waiting for, and it was just sloppy from Syracuse. And they, you were waiting for a spark or something to happen or someone to step up. And it finally happened with a guy that there are a ton of eyes on in Benny Williams, who comes in and I think was that spark. And that that sort of flipping of the switch was his little run that he had uh, with a putback dunk. He played a really, really solid game today. And he sort of had that spark that I think Syracuse needed from someone to finally snap into that groove. Uh, and so I will give him a nod because he played a game that we we didn't really see all too much out of him last season, albeit against a D2 team. But he did play a game that we were not really used to seeing him play, and it reminded me a lot more of the confidence and the sort of almost, I guess, swagger that he played with in high school, that, that style, that emphasis, that I am that guy mentality once again. Uh, and it was cool to see him sort of back in that groove because of what we've been expecting out of him, what we've been hoping to see from him, and sort of how the team picked up on that energy once he seemed to hit that groove as well. Benny was the man. You're absolutely right about that. Um, 15 points, 12 rebounds. The guy hit a three. Um, Matt Park was talking about how he, him and Autry – worked really hard in the offseason to improve his shot. Because if you remember, he shot last year, kind of like I talked about Quidiers this season, was a line drive at the basket, and it was terrible. And now it looks a lot better, and he hit that three and made it look effortless. So I think – I don't know if we're going to see um, Benny you know, going out there and shooting – six threes a game, but if he is a threat from the three-point line compared to being a threat from nowhere, uh, I think that's going to be absolutely huge, not to mention that he was a lot more um, active on the boards. He had a putback. Uh, he was just really, really good, and, and now that I'm saying that, I am remembering that somebody, this here it was, sees Chronicles. He uh, emailed us and said, this was on October 13th, 12 days ago, as of recording, so 13 days ago when you're listening. And he said, I think Benny should retool his game from the inside out, sort of like Quincy Garrier, by working around the rim with limited jump shots. What do you think? Um, honestly, I remembered that question as if he should include a three-point shot, but it's only because I read half of it. But anyway, um, I think he might be onto something. Yeah, I'm fine with the rebuild and, and the progression. It's a different game in college. 
and I think that it was there were some steps that he needed to make last season. And it, it's good to see that at this point in time that, I mean, in game one, in small sample size of the exhibition, he has made what looks like the immediate jump. And at this point, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do because I think he is really, and obviously there's a lot of important components to this team, but I think Benny Williams is possibly my it factor for this season in that yeah. his success and the jump that he does or does not make is incredibly indicative and is paramount to Syracuse's success or non-success. I totally agree, 100%. I think that Benny Williams was the guy – Syracuse, what they lacked last year was an X factor, among other things, among athleticism and defense. Um, They also needed an X factor. And if Benny Williams can be that this season and be the guy uh, that they kind of needed him to be last season and be able to lean on him on either end of the floor and in the rebounding battle, I think you're totally right that Benny Williams – could prove to be the guy that um, indicates wins and losses. So it's, I saw it on Twitter that somebody else had the exact same opinion that this team will go as far as Benny Williams takes them. And I think that could absolutely be true. Yeah. I I'm, he's one of a couple of guys. I think he is the biggest one that I circle um, because of you sort of know what Joe's going to do for the most part. You've sort of come to understand who Jesse Edwards is. Uh, so you have that. Benny is that question mark, and I think he can be that it factor for this team. Uh, he looks a little bit, and maybe it's the longer hair, but he looks a little bit, I don't know if I want to say better, um, but more. Well, he's bigger. Yeah, that size was apparent, and I do think that he looked a lot different in a good way coming down the court. And It seemed like he was handling the ball a little bit. Uh, and has sort of, it appears, reworked the game. And in this game, it, it seems like it's had some success. Uh, double-double in the first exhibition of the season. I think he he played with that confidence. And that's what we want to see from him because that is what was lacking so much last year was that confidence. He sort of hit that that blues and that rut early on in the season and wasn't playing with that spark, wasn't playing with the energy. I think as confident as he looked tonight, especially in that second half, that confidence is going to continue to be contagious as it proved that it was in this exhibition. Uh, And if he's playing well, I think the team will respond around him uh, and play at a level that he can elevate them to. All right, let's take another quick break. Uh, This one brought to you by Sweat Block. Owen has told me many times that his sweat, excessive sweating, has been a source of embarrassment if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweater odor, try Sweatblock. It was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It's doctor created and doctor recommended. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Okay. We're back to it here on Lockdown Syracuse. Matt Bonaparte and the sweating Owen Valentine. Um, I think we should both pick a freshman. Uh, that we like, and that's as far as I thought that out during the break. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm going to go first. Who's your guy? Yeah. Justin Taylor. Uh, He's a dog, dude. I like the way he plays basketball. So do I. I really do. Uh, And I will say this, right? We we talked about, I think, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week or two ago in in our basketball sort of preview that 
him and Chris Bell are going to be sort of duking it out for for a starting spot. And I think in in round one of this exhibition fight, that that spot is going to Justin Taylor without a lot of controversy, without a lot of question. Uh, he looked like the better player today. I liked the yes. game he was playing. He looked a lot more confident. Uh, just really, I was sold on the things he was doing. Uh, and that was, it was good to see. And it's something that we thought we could see. We weren't exactly sure maybe who Justin Taylor was. Then we started to hear some things in in preseason practices and and leading up to this game. And today he came out, and I, I was really pleased with the game that he played, even in, what, 18 minutes I think he ended up doing, so a little less than a half. Uh, those are numbers that that I'm okay with, honestly. I, I think that works for me. I, I would assume that whoever wins that starting role uh, would probably be playing a little bit more, closer to maybe 25 minutes a game. Uh, sometimes a little bit more, but I do think that in the sample that we saw from him today, there were a lot of positives. Uh, and for some of the other freshmen and new faces and even some more experienced faces, that was not necessarily the case in terms of the number of positives. So I, I am okay with with what he did today if we're, we're going to circle a positive amongst the freshmen. He was great. I really liked watching him play. He didn't shoot the ball a lot. He was two for three one of which was a three-point shot. He was two for two from the line. He had seven points. He also grabbed three boards, had an assist, blocked a shot. He, he just looked really good. A uh, mm-hmm. couple fouls and a turnover, sure, but I thought he looked really, really solid. He looked, I think, most confident of all the freshmen. Yeah, he looked like well he said. Just, like, I thought he looked like he felt like he deserved to be there, and all the other guys looked like they were fighting for a spot on the team, even though they're already on it. Um, for my guy... I think I got to go Quadir just because I've been hyping him up so much. He is my guy. Like, I really want him to succeed. And I think he's going to be really, really helpful. I think he's just going to be – I don't know if I want to say a better version of Symir because I don't know if they really play the same game. But I I do think different purposes, but I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he's going to be a really helpful – bench guy in the fact that he can just provide defense at any point i mean he's his arms are so long that he just sticks in so well at the top of the zone and if joe is lacking at that top of the zone and this is if they're playing zone and you can just plug in quadir right next to him i think it's going to help a a ton yeah i think there were back-to-back inbounds today where where quadir got a hand on the ball or or help deflect uh later on in that second half so he's 100 percent going to be sort of pesky on the on the outside or in the in the two three or in the zone or just playing defense because of that length uh and as we were told you know he is the distributor there was one pass where you could sort of see he was going for a little fancy uh he sort of threw the the look away to the rim and i think they might have called something on jesse under the rim or something like that uh so you didn't get the big big bang bang finish I guess to to get that explosion off the pass but you could see little hints of what uh we've been getting nods at in terms of his passing ability I want to ask you this um what is your biggest question I guess surrounding this team after watching the exhibition today um I think it's probably who is going to back up Jesse Edwards Okay, we're on the same page. Because Munir had six minutes, Peter Carey had eight, and they neither of them looked good. 
Munir looked fine. Peter Carey didn't look like he did anything. He literally had no stats except for a foul. Munir at least put something in the basket, had a rebound and a block. Um, I have no idea who's going to play when Jesse Edwards is not on the floor. I like what I saw from Malik Brown. I just don't know if I'm happy for him to play the five because he's a little bit undersized there. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Malik Brown, he's listed at 6'8", so even shorter than the 6'9", Benny Williams. Um, So unless they're going to go small and maybe put Benny down there, I I think that's my biggest question is who is the backup center? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Uh, that's sort of where I was and, and looking at the minutes, and you forgot to give my boy John Bull a nod with four minutes played at the center as well. I don't call him a center. Uh, is he a four? Call him a four? He's a, I'll call him a stretch four. That's what All he right. told me at Basketball Media Day in 2019. Okay. All right. We'll he said, I'm a stretch, stretch four. four. I'm here to be a stretch four. I'll never forget him saying that. I was a sophomore. All right. Yeah, that, like, that is job. my question is, is is with the backup center, right? Jesse is outstanding. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for what Jesse can do this season. But you, know, you can't expect a five to be never in foul trouble or to play True. 40 minutes. Especially one right? playing there, for Syracuse. There's going to be situations where you're going to need help, and that is the question. Uh, I don't know who the answer is yet. That's what I'm going to be sort of looking into. Um, but that is that is one of my biggest questions. And also, I mean, I I my other question is as we look at Judah, as we look at Chris Bell, as we look at and we talked positives for a couple of the freshmen, but those were the two that sort of stood out is Judah and Chris Bell at this point. Uh, what can we expect from them? And with all the freshmen as well, there's still a lot of questions surrounding expectations. And where they stand and how they are. Uh, Judah gave me flashes of I'm really excited. And then there were a couple of moments where I was like, yeah, hold on. Let's pump the brakes a second. Let's figure a few things out. Uh, and then as you were saying early on, Bunch was, or Bell, excuse me, was was struggling in this game. And maybe that'll figure itself out. Next exhibition, uh, what, a week from today? Maybe he figures it out. Maybe he looks like a different player. But right now, there's still a lot. And there he goes, just like that. The Wi-Fi strikes again. And he's back. Oh, did I do that again? This yeah. is a disaster episode for me. I apologize. Hand up. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, with the dogs, with the connection, uh, not my best day, I will say. Um, but we're good. There's a lot to take away from this game. I, I really do think there is. But at the same time, I think we got to emphasize how we started this episode. And let's let's – pause on the overreactions for a little bit let's have some some realistic reactions right there were some issues in this game there are some questions that need to be answered there are some changes that need to be made uh in terms of the way this team ran in terms of the getting out in transition having that sort of spark moving the ball a little bit better uh there are some things you need to see right we're not trying to say that this is a concern-free game by any means but let's let's hold off Although it does indicate, as you were saying, basketball season is here. Let's hold off on the season is over comments for another week or two. At least let them play Lehigh. See what happens in the first real game. Against the Mountain Hawks. Um, Okay, well, that's all we got today. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. For more, 
Or for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We'll see you tomorrow.